Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's fucking delightful. Delightful. Fucking good combination playing. Sliding balls into space. Good. Excellent. Get them on the fucking ropes. Hello and welcome to the Rooker Report podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. My name is Rich Spate and I'm joined down the line today to celebrate Sunderland's 4-1 victory at home against Doncaster Rovers from Ireland by Michael Dunn. How are you, Mike? Uh, I'm sort of confused, really. <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> I've never seen Sunderland play that well in a long time, um, saving two penalties and McGeady just turned into Cristiano Ronaldo today. I, I don't know what's going on, but I'm wonderful after that performance. Feeling know, great. Right. Massive boost for everyone, and hopefully you're feeling the same. Niall Bromley there in Blythe. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. What What was that game, man? I mean, that was that was me. And Michael <laughs> was speaking uh, beforehand, and was saying the only one that comes close to like how dramatic that was was the Tottenham game where where we beat them three one, but yeah. it should have been nine one back when. But that was I I, I kind of believe what what I've just watched to be honest with you. But I I'll have a good Saturday night. I tell you that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's just go over uh, some of the the major points in the game. In the first half, Sunderland took the lead early on, directly from a corner again, which is a novel for us. A lovely ball in from Ian McGeady and uh, Charlie White, nice bit of movement, uh, gets his head on and puts us one up. Then on 11 minutes, um, it's played out wide to McGeady, who skins his man, gets the ball into the box onto Charlie White's head and it's 2-0. Later on in the half, on 30 minutes, it's played out wide again to Aidan McGeady, who skins his man, squares the ball in the box, on to Charlie White's head, and it's 3-0. Now, whether that was offside or not, I'm not absolutely sure. I think maybe Reese James was playing him on. He seemed to be standing on the on the six-yard line when the ball was played across, but that doesn't matter. It's League One, there's no VAR. And so we went in at half-time, uh, 3-0 up. So what was that first half for, like for you then, Niall? Well, I mean, it was quite funny because in the first sort of few minutes, Doncaster looked stronger than us, you know, looked like they were pushing off the mm. ball a bit. And I thought, oh, this this could really go a bit, you know, a bit wrong, this. But, you know, if someone had told us then it would end 4-1, I would have turned it off there and then and thought that they would have beat the 4-1. But, you know, from then <laughs> on, it was, we, we just dominated, didn't we? And I think, as you say, as Michael said, McGeady turned into, into Ronaldo. I mean, how it was just... What a performance from that man. And uh, I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, that poor right back for Doncaster, he's mm. going to be having nightmares for weeks and weeks and weeks, isn't he? I mean, about <laughs> I hope that. he's okay. I know, I hope he is okay. Because <laughs> I mean, he literally played with him all game. And I mean, that's for me, that's the best performance I've ever seen Aidan McGee in the Sunderland shirt. I know 
the season under Jack Ross mm. where we got the, the playoff final. He, he had performances like that, but not on that level. I mean, that was just, that was next level. He was unplayable today. Absolutely. One of the best performances I've ever seen by anybody in a Sunderland shirt. There you go. That's out there. Absolutely fantastic. As an in, as an individual performance, it was absolutely standout, wasn't it? Yeah. Mike, I, I wanted to ask you about the, the shape that we started with today. It was a 4-3-3, which is a change from Lee Johnson in terms of how we set up. We seemed to have a lot more width, didn't you think? Yeah, and I think things had to change, especially after the, the last two perform well, yeah, last two performances since last week. I think the three man midfield suits us and I think it frees up the likes of Gooch and McGee, as you said, to be wide and they, they were getting a lot more crosses into the box. But I mean I have to hold my hands up here on this podcast last week. I uh was slating Luke nine in midfield for uh, not saying he's a good midfielder. I said he should go back to right back, but you proved me wrong today. The pressing from him and Josh Scone especially was fantastic, really. Like they really set the tempo from the start. Uh, so I'm going to hold my hands up for that one. <laughs> I'll let you take his uh, player rating later in the pod, mate, so you can uh, atone <laughs> for your your sins uh, from the last time you were on. Um, but another feature of that system, I guess, was having uh, Max Power in the the Grant Ledbetter role and um, and then Scowan alongside all nine. Now I I thought Scowan had a, a a decent game and I thought Max Power, especially in the first half, was really good moving the ball quickly and seemed to be a, a bit of a, a more intent to you know when we got a free kick to play the ball forward fast to get the ball moving, not to let the the opposition reassemble. Did you take that away as well, Niall? Uh, yeah, I did. I thought there was there seemed to be an understanding, didn't there, between the three of them that. That we've not seen in recent mm. weeks. Um, it was, you know, you know, I'm anyone who who listened to the last podcast will know that I'm very vocal about Josh Scowen and and I'm not his biggest fan at all. And I did say I wouldn't have him anywhere near a, a, a football pitch. That's something I'm playing on. But today, credit when credit's due, he, he slotted in all right. He did his job as Michael touched on. He was high press. Um, he certainly, you know, he's got work rate. I, I don't think he's, he hasn't got mm. work rate, but. It was always the, you know, one skill too many, one turn too many, giving the ball away far too many times. Today, he didn't do that. I think once I've seen him give the ball away, but I mean, that's a massive improvement com- compared to what he normally is. Mm. So, yeah, I think the three of them just gelled brilliantly. And, and it was good to see Max Power back in the middle because, you know, I think Max Power, for all these faults, he, is, he does seem like a leader. He's always the one trying to get the lads forward. He's always the one, you know, with the clapping hands and, and trying to get momentum on our way. And, and at the end of the day, like, that that's one of the reasons we've won that game today because Doncaster Rovers aren't a bad football team. Even though they got beat 4-1 no. today, you see that they had quality and they're a good team. Um, and I still believe that they'll be there or there about this season. But we, we, when you've got players like Max Power in the middle who are able to dictate play and, you know, get the lads up and, and keep them going, then, and it, you know, it's it's a big bonus for us. So, yeah, I think the, the midfield three did did excellently, to be honest with you, Rich. They did, didn't they? And and it, there was a, a feature of our play in the first half to concentrate on first half was was definitely that five-man press yeah. that we seemed to have going and seemed to really unsettle them. I thought that was fantastic and probably a feature of the system. You know, it set out with that intent and it was high energy and it, and it was working. And I think Scowan and nine, the battling, the pressing was the feature of their play in that half just looking at the the back line mike we brought uh conor gothland back in at right back which did give power the opportunity to play in midfield and we had calm fadzin uh back in that at left back following vorkin's kind of shaky performance in midweek donny did have a 
a few chances. Were you worried in the first half, Mike, about the fact... I mean, they had a chance on 15, for example, where I thought Omar Bogle should have scored. Yeah, I, I think... They were targeting our fullbacks, especially McFadzine there, because they obviously you think it's well documented that he's a weak link in our team. Uh, I actually thought from the very start, Cameron John was was started really strongly, and I think he he was uh, exposing Conor McLaughlin. But I think as the game went on, we sort of settled into mm-hmm. it. Um, our, obviously their biggest threat was coming down that side, but obviously McFadzine he is really a weak link, and I think you're, you're going to see teams are going to target him every time he's playing because he just. He rushes into challenges. He, he he can be he kind of he's left exposed. I, I don't know. Maybe it's with McGeady down that wing. He certainly is a weak link, and there there was a lot of chances. Like I mean, we did play well first half, but Donny had a good few chances, and uh, I'm kind of surprised we didn't concede. Really, we were, we were kind of lucky, like that they, they didn't concede more than one goal. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the match stats, so they got five shots on target across the whole game, uh, which yeah. does bring us into the second half where they did come a little bit more into it. Again, it went a bit crazy in the middle of the half. It was it was an all action uh, second half where they did they did come back into it, but then we t- we took the lead. Uh, sorry, we extended our lead again with the identical goal again with a ball in from McGeady on uh, White's head for the fourth goal. But before that, they'd got themselves back into it. What did you think about their only goal of the game on fifty three, which does go down as? As a Lee Burge on goal, but I don't think you can you can blame Burge for it. What was your view on that goal? I mean, Niall? I want to know: has there ever been a goalkeeping performance where a goalkeeper has scored an own goal and saved two penalties? I want to know if that's ever happened <laughs> in the history of football. Because I, I bet I bet you you're scraping the barrel to, to find out. But um, yeah, it was it was unlucky. It was unlucky. It was you know people are saying he could have turned it round. It nah, I think. It was just one of those unfortunate things that happens in football, and mm. it you know it, it we've seen it so many times. It looks funny when it's ha- when it happens, but you know it it happens often where it comes back to keep us just a little bit too far across and heads the back of the head and goes into the back of the net. And and when that did go in, as you say, I, I mean I was I wasn't I wasn't nervous. I I still thought would would win the game, but when it's so early in the second half, it's the last thing you want, and especially when it's that unlucky. And then all it takes is is you know a penalty. Or something else, and, and Doncaster are right back in the game, and it's a backs against a wall, and and that's the last thing you want. So yeah, it, I, I never got nervy, but it was it was certainly it was, the lads were great to pick themselves back up after that. I mean, you know, absolute yeah. full credit when credit's due. The fact that they just it didn't make them drop heads. You know, Burge didn't drop his head evidently, and uh, we went on, got the fourth, and and as you say that you know that's that's game over. You know, game set match, and and we've got the three points. So no, it was you know a very mature reaction uh, by the lads today when when that went in, and and thankfully, like I say, it, it didn't cost us at all. It could have been a lot. More. It was key to get that. Yeah, it could have been a lot more nervous though, couldn't it? Because um, a couple of minutes after we got our fourth, they got a penalty in the most bizarre circumstances <laughs> um, possible. What were your thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah. Uh- I thought on first look, I was like, what's he giving the penalty for? And I don't think anyone like on the Doncaster team was even protesting for a penalty. Everyone seemed to be baffled what was going on. But on second look, I th- I thought O'Neill did handball it. Like I, I did think he put stretched his hand out kind of foolishly and, and gave it away. I mean, it, it looked strange from the start, but 
I maybe it was a penalty to be fair. I, I think I think it actually what? was the right decision and Lee, jo- Lee Johnson wasn't happy, he was snapping. <laughs> and it's the first time I've ever seen a manager get a yellow card are you for, from a referee. Is as this well. a joke? Mike, are you are you are you Wait. joking? <laughs> I thought it was. I think he stretched his oh, arm out like and hit, hit his hand. He's been bowled over, he's been pushed <laughs> over, he's fell over. <laughs> See, I was in two minds about it. And I'll tell you why. Oh, he's got to settle like, the Lugo Nine has Lugo Nine is a shit house, right? He's a lovely bloke, <laughs> yeah. but on the pitch he's a shit house. He knows what he's at. He and he, he's at. and I've seen him a few times recently where he's been leaning into his man. Yeah. He's been backing in, taking half steps, and getting you know, and trying to draw a foul. He's very good at trying to draw a foul. And what he was trying to do there was trying to draw a foul in the wrong mm. place, and he fell down. And it, I mean, I don't think he can give it as deliberate handball because I, I think unlike Mike I think he didn't reach out his hand I think he actually just fell onto the ball I don't know but <laughs> I think it it should his arm have been down there when it, I think he was looking for a free kick so I, I mean I, nah. I, I don't think he should put himself in that position in the first I, place it shouldn't have come well, to that maybe you've got an argument for that but come on mate sorry mate but that that is that is <laughs> if that's a penalty like honestly, I, that's 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 the least penalty I think I've ever seen. Just about. I mean, I, at the time, I couldn't. I just couldn't get my head around it. Like I say, he's actually been fouled. He's been pushed over. And no, you are. You know, I agree with Rich there. He is a shit. It doesn't matter. Like he was. He was playing it doesn't for it. Matter. He was playing for you don't, it. You don't give a decision based on a reputation, do you, Michael? That. It was a reputation. He does it like. <laughs> he, nah. Well, we'll agree to disagree, mate. That for me, that is never a penalty in a million years. And in the end, it was inconsequential because of a great save from from Lee Burge. Uh, it was struck pretty hard down the middle, but he left his legs in the centre of the goal, and it and it went up and over the bar, and we. And we got away with that one, and then and then I think Lee Johnson took a decision to try and sure things up. There's been a lot of talk recently about how Grant Ledbetter might be better suited coming on to the pitch to steady the ship in these kinds of situations when we we might be a, a couple of goals up and we're and we're looking you know looking to secure the three points. And he came on on 61 minutes with Conor McLaughlin going off. I thought we had a quiet game, and we'll go into that in the player ratings uh, section, but. Um, Max Powell went to right back and, and Grant went in the middle, which I thought shored us up. The rest of the game kind of passed off. It got a bit scrappy, didn't it? But then yeah. they won another penalty towards the end of the match. I think we need to talk about that one because, like I, I mentioned just before we started recording, you could see it coming, what was going to happen. Calmet Fadzin was, was beaten, well and truly beaten, and left his leg dangling out and, and the lad's fallen over it. Now, what were your views on that bit of uh, ropey defending? Yeah, that, that was a penalty. It, it was... <laughs> you I'm sure? sure? I'm sure. That is a penalty. <laughs> that is a penalty, Michael. Like, you know, he's left his leg stand. You know, he was caught out a few times today. There was a one right toward the end of the game where Lakilo turned him and he was nowhere near him and giving the acres of space. And luckily nothing came of it. But but we, we can't have that. I mean, the thing is today we're four one up, but he does this week in, week out. And we thought we might have had a, a replacement that can come in and, and do a solid job in Vokins. That didn't happen midweek. Obviously still young and still still raw, hopefully he can come in and, and, and do a job eventually. But that from McFadden today, I mean it it was the weakest performance out of the lot. Um 
Mm-hmm. And and yeah, it, it was a blatant penalty. That let's be honest. Luckily, mm-hmm. he's he's getting away with it. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible penalty, wasn't it? I mean, what what on yeah. earth shocking. that that was awful. The the run up and everything about it was just shocking. So so we got away with it. Obviously, Burge did well as well, though. I, d- I don't want to take it away from me. He did well to guess right, but yeah, it was it was a horrible penalty. Even and McFadden's getting away with it, and and he's getting away with one today as well. Because like I say, if that comes in, you know, in future weeks, and and it's one one or or nil nil or or we're winning the game by one goal and he does that then you know it's it's not good enough so he's getting away with it but yeah it's it's definitely a penalty no question about it well we went on to win the game we secured the game pretty well I thought towards the end of the match we looked we looked reasonably comfortable and and what I thought was nice to, was to see Ian McGeady come off having done a, a great job came off on 81 minutes and and like they said on the commentary if if we were in the ground, there wouldn't have been, a, you know, nobody would have been sat down. Everyone would have been on their feet cheering him for what was a fantastic performance. It, it's a performance that's put us up to sixth in the league. If if when I looked at the, the league, um, it, it stayed the same because I think a couple of the crucial results were still to come in. I'll have a quick look now. But it's, it's taken us, yeah, up to sixth in the league. And um, and that's after Gillingham got a, a late goal to beat uh, Charlton three two, and MK Dons did everyone in the in the playoffs a favour by uh, getting a late goal to beat Hull City. So we are still in the mix. We're uh, five points off of Hull City in second place um, with a game in hand on them. Um, although we've been in game in hand territory before, the other teams in the playoffs have more games in hand on Hull than we do. But we're right back. We're right back in it, lads, aren't we? Yeah, but the key is it's the consistency now, Rich, you know. I think today was the first day I saw a Lee Johnson team, the way he wanted us to play. I think it was the tempo, you know, he's been talking about he wants really attacking football. I mean, if we can get consistent performance like that, we can keep Aidan McGeady on form, Charlie White on form. Hopefully maybe build a partnership between Sanderson and Wright at the back. I know uh, one of the lads was talking about the podcast the other day that we need to start building some partnerships if we want to get promoted because that's the key to promotion. Um. We have a big week coming up now, obviously Lincoln in the Cup, and then we've got Burton next Saturday. We need to build on this. Too many times this season we get a really good win and it's followed by a, a drab draw or a defeat at home to like a Plymouth Argyle. Now we really need to kick on if we're serious about promotion, get a few wins together, build up that table. Because really, it's it's I think it's a really weak league, league one. If we can get some consistency, you could fly up that table fairly quickly. But the key now is just to, to, to build on it now. But it remains to be seen if we can do that. I hope so, but we we need to see it. Do you think we're still on? We've still got a chance of automatic promotion now. As as Michael says, it, it's it's all about consistency. I you know everything he's just said there is just completely right, isn't it? It's it's something we've not shown. We, we've not shown enough. We had a glimpse of it the other week where we got back to back wins, and then and then we went and let ourselves down with a draw at MK Dons and and a defeat. Against Shrewsbury, so you know we we need uh, to get this this consistent running. As Michael said, you know partnerships is 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 vital. It's it's key. Every time a Sunderland team in the past has been promoted, there's been partnerships all over the field. We need that. As he said, it, it looked like that that was building today. I mean, the only other performance under Lee Johnson that was like that was was his second game of charge against Lincoln, and and that was mm. you know that that was the the kind of intense football. And if you look, Lincoln, um, they're up there just like Doncaster are because these teams they, they they come to attack us they come to break us open they look at Sunderland and think Sunderland are weak you know as you touched on earlier they've got a they've got a fallback in McFadden who you know we if we get into him this that and the other and teams do that to us but 
the, the thing is, we've got players with such experience. And when you've got players like Max Power in the team and Grant Ledbetter when he's playing, they can, you know, they can break that down and they can pick out that vital pass and, and they can pick out that vital run. And, and, and like I say, like we did that against Lincoln and we did it again today against Doncaster. And that's two teams who you put in the exact same bracket. When we go play a team like Shrewsbury, or Plymouth, or MK Dons, you know, we, we're we trying to pick them up, we're trying to, you know, play through them, mm. and, and we're getting countered ourselves, and, and that's the balance that Lee Johnson needs to find, and I believe he will find it, because I think he's got he's got the, the capabilities as a manager, but it's, it's just taking a bit of time, and, and I think next week against Burton, as Michael touched on, is massive, and I think that is the best test, because they're a bogey team as well, Burton Albion, so mm, that, that's are. what be, that's his best test to, to see if he can put it into play against a team who are lower down in the league against a team who are going to up a game against a team who's you know gonna it's going to be one of their big games of the season it's, it's a big opportunity for that so fingers crossed he, he can do it and, and let's hope that we can get this run of consistency and, and as Michael said agreeing again climb up that league table and, and you know fly up there Consistency in team selection as well though I mean I mean there's a lot of chopping and changing over the last few weeks in, what he, in, his, in his team Um. And I think it was six changes he made today. But I think this is the closest we've been to maybe the, our strongest starting eleven at the moment. So if you can keep the same team fit and build those partnerships, as we said, hopefully we can kick on. So it'd be good to see the partnerships build over the Yeah, next few I'd weeks. love to see Denver Hume Definitely. in that team. I would love to see Denver Hume play oh, with them. Yeah. Comfort- yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be absolutely time. fantastic. And that that is that the missing piece of the puzzle. I mean, maybe. Let's just hope it's a a, a big step on the ladder. Absolutely. So that leads us into the three-word reviews before we get into some player ratings. Um, I'll go through some of the ones that uh, we've received on the uh, Rook Report Twitter account in, in the last few minutes. Starting with Lee Johnson Masterclass, <laughs> says Aaron Schauler. I think we can agree with that. We've got Pete Watson saying, pass the ball. I'm not going to read out Gavs because he's trolling us with it. McGeady's pure orgasmic, says Cameron Johnson. Nick says 4-3-3 works effectively. Jackson, softly stubs, says, uh, well, four-word review, white, 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 or McGeady, 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 McGeady. It's not really within the rules, is it? But the next one, John Bell, McGeady, different level. Jesse Spector, McGeady, white, repeat. Yeah, and and Paul Fletcher comes out with... uh, no clean sheet with some angry emojis. We've got to find something to whinge about, don't we? But um, let's go into the player ratings. I'll take Lee Burge as is customary for the ratings pod host. I'm going to give him an 8 out of 10, which is one lower than I think that Jimmy's given him in his uh, article. I was between an 8 and a 9. I thought he was obviously unlucky for it to have the own goal against him on 52. Two penalty saves can't argue with I thought he was neat and tidy throughout the game but it would have been a nine if he kept the clean sheet and I think it would have been a 10 if he had to pull off more outstanding saves in open play but I think an eight from me I'm going to come to you um Mike for um for Conor McLaughlin yeah I think he had a tough start I think Cameron John was um was unsettling him at the start but I think as the game has went on as I said uh, he settled into the game. I think th- he didn't really have much to do over the game, really. So it was a quiet performance, but it was solid. He didn't really make any serious errors. Um, so I I gave him a seven. Yeah, and uh, Niall, uh, Callum McFadden. Yeah, um, it's it's a tough one. This I've changed it about four times, but I've, I, I've <laughs> it's going yeah, down. Yeah, I've, I've decided. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give him. I'm I'm gonna give him a seven because I think in a performance like that. It's it's harsh to give anyone lower than a seven. 
a uh, bit of a spoiler for what's to come. I know you two are thinking, nah, I, I bet you've given that five and six. Generous as It is a giveaway penalty, but listen, <laughs> did he pay we, it? we won the game. I'll I tell you what, though, he, he did a few things today which which weren't bad as well. Um, and I think it's not fair when you win 4 1, it's not fair to. To give someone anything lower than a than a seven, so yeah, I've, I, I went I went for a seven. I'll probably get a load of stick for it, but right, I. <laughs> um, I'm, I'll take the next play. I'll take Bailey Wright. I thought he had an an okay game. I think he made some vital blocks, particularly on fifty one minutes. Just as the game got really loose, I thought he 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 probably prevented a goal with a nice tackle in the um in the box and did some good covering as well in the second half. Didn't see as much of him in the first half, but I'm going to give him a seven. And we come to you, Mike, for Dion Sanderson. Yeah, I, I really like Sanderson. I, I, he comes across really confident. He, he likes to come out with the ball from the defence. Uh, he's very sharp. He's commanding. He's strong. I thought he bossed it and he was hustling and hurrying a lot when the, the ball was around the box. Uh, I was really, really impressed with him. I'm hoping now over the next few weeks with Willis's injury, uh, he'll get a run of the team and he'll improve as the games go by and I gave him an 8 today yeah that's matched up with uh, what Jimmy's put as well and Niall you've got max power two different positions today how did he do? yeah good great uh, commanded mm. uh, played well in both I, I've gone for an 8 for max power um, I thought he was he was excellent to be honest I kind of want to change my McLaughlin score now because given power an 8 you know he, he was miles ahead of, of uh McFadden. McFadden, so yeah. So I'm going to drop McFadden down to six and put McFadden <laughs> up to eight. Scrambling back yeah, to get yeah. some credibility there, Niall. <laughs> I talked myself out of it. I, uh, but yeah, I thought he was he was great. He was just calm on the ball. He, like I say, he, he lifted the lads. He, he brought something to midfield today, which which we haven't had in mm. recent weeks. So yeah, I, I definitely. Mm-hmm. I'll take Josh Scowen, um, someone I've been quite critical of, um, but I thought he was busy. He almost broke through in the first half. Did really well with his pressing. I thought it was excellent. His energy was excellent. What I would like to see him do was continue on his runs a bit more because I think there were one or two occasions where he could have done a given go and broke into the box again. But he did that in the second half as well. His energy was right to the end. There was one instance where you know he was tracking back. It looked like you know it was five minutes in the game, but it was five minutes towards the end. I've given him an eight. Um, which I think is, you know, he could have he could have earned one more. To be honest, I thought it was excellent. Um, which brings us on, Mike, to Luke O'Nine uh, in midfield. <laughs> I'm I'm going to eat a, a, some humble pie today for this one. Uh, I thought he was brilliant again. Like uh, he's hustling, Harry, and his pressing was really good, really strong, excellent. Um, he actually was excellent with the ball as well today. Um, and his energy levels are just really high perfect for what we needed in the system today I have to say uh, so I have to give Luke 9 an 8 out of 10 and I apologise to all Luke 9 uh, supporters <laughs> well I mean it's it's going to be Jimmy taking the stick here I think because he's gone he's gone for a 6 um, yeah. but I, oh, I, I, I went for an 8 I went for an 8 as well well you know well. get him on get him on Twitter raise your objections but Niall I'm going to go come to you on uh, Lyndon Gooch's performance he came off on 76 minutes. Yeah, no, I thought he, he played all right. Yeah, he should have scored, shouldn't he, when McGeady had a little bit of magic in the mm. centre and played him through. I really thought, you know, Gooch, I would have had him on to score, but it was a good save. I made himself look big. Um, I thought Gooch was solid. Uh, and, you know, he, he didn't do too much. He, you know, he never stood out compared to like what McGeady or White did, but he still, he still looked all right. And yeah, it, it's a solid seven for me for Lennon Gooch. I've got Charlie White. Now, last time, Charlie White scored three goals. I didn't give him a 10. He got four this time. And I didn't give him a 10 last time. Um, 
because I thought his all-round play during the game wasn't great. Today, his all-round play was excellent. He was strong. He held the ball up. He laid it off. He was involved in some nice little interchanges and scored four he was brilliant. almost identical headers. I thought uh, particularly his second one, he showed some great strength. If it could go to 11, he might get it. Um, but I've, I've gone for a, a, a 10 for Charlie White. Um, and that brings us on finally to the man, to um, Ian McGeady. I'm going to give this to you, Mike, uh, as your countryman. Um, what did you think? <laughs> oh, he, I think he, just, he took the piss today. Like, he yeah. really did. It was, it was absolute wizardry. It was like he came from Hogwarts the way he was playing today. Mm. He was even tracking back, which was outrageous at some stages. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, what can you say? His feet are phenomenal. Four, four assists, um, I think, was the best performance, as Niall said earlier, in his time at Sunderland and probably one of the best performances I've seen from a Sunderland player in the last few years. Uh, I'm following on with your 10 for another 10 for Aidan McGeady. Uh, Rich, I thought he was fantastic today. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to struggle to separate those two. I think Danny Collins was struggling to separate those two as well for Man of the Match. I'll quickly run through the subs. We had Ledbitter come on, on um, early in the second half. And like I said, he stepped in, he stepped up and he did really well in, t- in terms of just making sure that we had that little bit of security um, on the pitch. And then we had um, Jack Diamond, Aidan O'Brien and um, Jordan Jones come on uh, late on. I'm not going to give those a score, but I do think that uh, Aidan O'Brien deserves a little bit of a, a mention for some some decent in- interplay. And and Jordan Jones got a, a decent cross in as well towards the end of the match. So we come to the uh, manager rating, lads. Now, uh, I've gone for a 9 out of 10 for Lee Johnson today. Uh, what What do you guys think? Uh, I've I give him a ten because I think I think you know he made six changes. It's it's quite a bold thing to do that for any manager, um, and it's a risk. and And he did it, and it, and it's paid off. And I think you know he's some of his decision making recently has been questionable. It, it definitely has, but that today, you know, it, the lads were up for it. They were up for it. Doncaster, as I touched on, very very good team, very good footballing team, very good manager, and Darren Moore. And you know mm-hmm. he got the lads up for it, and you know he outwitted Darren Moore, and, and we've come in and, and won the game very comfortably. I think it's fair to give to give to give him a ten, Mike. Yeah, I yeah I gave him a nine. I I said the formation was perfect. I think he now has the system he wants. Uh, I think he's finally getting his message across. I I wrote an article a few months ago saying that he will take time after the transfer window to to implement his style and his plans for the team. But I think hopefully, and I'm hoping now going forward, this is the system he wants, and hopefully we can build on this. As I said earlier. Um, but he got a 9 out of 10. I think it was an outstanding managerial performance today. Yeah, it was great. Well, so I'm going to turn to Man of the Match. We think that this is the first time a Sunderland player has scored four goals in one match since Kevin Phillips against Bury when we won the, the league in 1999. There's been a bit of argument about this, so if anyone does <laughs> know, please do get in touch. So um, does he get Man of the Match, Niall? Does White win Man of the Match today? It's hard, isn't it? Because it's like it's like Toy Story, isn't it? It's like Woody and Buzz. You know, you've got Woody scoring all the goals, and Buzz comes in and takes a limelight off him. Matt, <laughs> uh, it, it is it is hard. It, it's a hard one. I think to be honest, I think you know all four headers. By the way, were greatly taken. He's done excellently. Mm. He's as you touched on before, Rich. He he was fantastic holding the ball up all over the park. Um, yeah, McGeady was was a wizard today, but I think when when you score four goals, you know, yeah, when when you score four, it never happens, and he he'll probably never go another game scoring four goals in one. You've got to give it to Charlie Wake for me. It's got to be Mike. Do you agree? Yeah, no complaints here. It is hard to separate the two, but 
maybe we should give Charlie White credit for some, for once on this podcast. He gets a lot of criticism, so we'll yep. give him his moment of glory. Yeah, I think it's got to be unanimous. I mean, I was I was so tempted to give McGeady it just for the kind of step over than the nutmeg and yeah. the ball through to Gooch. Yeah, I think so the good. ball through to Gooch was possibly the best pass I've seen played by a Sunderland player. For many, for many a year. I jumped out of my chair when that happened. <laughs> I was just like, I can't it's believe so he's good. just done that. But you got, you're right. Four goals. I mean, what, what, what a player. You know, you've got to get yourself into those positions. You've got to be strong. You've got to move. And and yeah, Charlie White, hats off, mate. Absolute stonking performance. We look ahead to to another game midweek. Uh, we've got the semi final of the Pizza Papa John's Pizza Trophy. We've got that coming up. It's one where we've got the chance to get to to Wembley. Do you think we uh, we're we're, we're going to do well on that, lads? Just to round off. Uh, yeah, I think Lincoln are a good team, very good team. They're going to want blood mm. after the fact that they, you know, we haven't done last time out. I uh, I think it'll be a good game, but I think I think we'll have enough to beat them. Uh, and I think you know you've seen from Sunderland this season. We talk about consistency. We've now got a game. The fans, you know, they'll be upset if we don't win midweek, but you know they'll forgive them because it's not a league game, mm. and I think the pressure will be lifted a bit on the players, and I think they'll go out just as freely as what they did today, and and hopefully back it up. And yeah, I I do back them uh, to to go and get a result, and I think we will go through. We off to Wembley again, Mike. I hope so. It, it it depends, I suppose, what we do now. Um, does does Johnson continue with the 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 team he wants the formation, or does he change it up and give some lads like Diamond and? Maybe Neil and other lads who haven't got game time in the cup, but I think either way we have we have the squad to to beat Lincoln and hopefully we have another trip. It's just a shame if we get there, we might not be able to go to it. Well, it's another home game, and hopefully, um, Kirill Louis Dreyfus will become our um lucky charm. It was his first uh, home game today as well, and it might be a turnaround in our home form. So we'll uh, we'll see how we get on at six o'clock on Wednesday. And thanks for your time this evening, lads. Yeah, thank you, Richard. Thanks, Rich. And thanks to everyone for listening. Cheers. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.